0: A few weeks ago, I was in Florida, and I spoke to the retreat class, like seventh graders. And last week in my homily, I was still there, I told the parishioners one story that came up. But today I'm going to tell you another story that came up. There were two questions that were asked, first one I took care of last week, uh, a child asked, how did you b- decide to become a priest? I'm not going to address that today. You want to hear it? You have to go on Friends of the Word and listen to last week's homily, and you'll hear that answer. The other kid said, you know, we always hear stories in the Bible and on Sundays about God talking to people and people doing things and going somewhere because of God talking to them. And and today's a good example of that in the book of Jonah. He says, why doesn't that happen now? Why doesn't God talk to us now? He talked to Moses on the mountain. He talked to people by the Sea of Galilee, but he never talks to us. Mm. And that brings us right back to Holy Scripture today. The Holy Scripture starts, the Gospels start with Mark. And Mark is the Gospel we'll be reading through this cycle. As you know, there are three cycles a, B, and C, and we're in the B cycle, and that's Mark's gospel. So as much as Mark's gospel, and it's very short, that we can hear through this cycle, we will hear. And today we hear in Mark, Jesus, proclaiming the good news. Now, now, Mark's the first gospel. Chapter one of that first gospel is what you heard today. Jesus comes on the scene proclaiming the gospel of God. So right off the bat, Mark is teaching those for whom he's writing that Jesus is the one who proclaimed the gospel of God. And that was his first job, proclaiming the gospel of God. His whole life shows what the gospel of God means, but he's coming on the scene. So hold off on Mark for a second. Let's go back to the voice of God. And I said to the kid and i say it to myself as well, God is talking to us every day. Sometimes we hear it here in our ears. Most of the time, we hear it in our hearts. And we have an experience of God that directs us. Now, if you want to go to theology and application of it, we can call that our conscience. God speaks to us in our conscience. But God speaks to us, as He, as Mark writes out, exactly the same way as he spoke to the people of the first century, through the actions of Jesus, through the words of Jesus, through the, the preaching of Jesus. Now, th- this beginning of the gospel was written maybe 64, the year 64, but we read it just now because it is still speaking to us. It's still the good news for the people of St. Cabrini Church, Roosevelt Island, New York. It's not prefaced that way, but that's exactly what it is. So God is speaking to us every day through the Scriptures, definitely through the Scriptures. And as the one of the applications, hopefully, in the documents of Vatican II, the whole theology was that we, Christians, we'll find God's presence in the signs of the times. God is speaking to us through the Holy Scriptures, through the examples, through the signs of the times. God is speaking to us. God is letting his will known to us. And sometimes we get confused and we say, "Mm, I don't want to do that. When you read something or you hear something and you go home, we go home, and we say, well, that was nice for them, but not for, it doesn't apply to me. It's the good news, it's the good news right across the board for all people, not just the select group to which Mark was addressing his scriptures. Touch on Jonah, which is a very good example of God speaking to us. Jonah was a prophet. It's the shortest book in the Bible, and it's I think it's hysterical. So many cartoons have been um, drawn up about Jonah, very simple story. You, you heard it. God says to Jonah. Now, God didn't say it to Jonah like, "Oh, Jonah!" I'm sure it didn't happen that way. God said it to Jonah in his in his own conscience, in his own soul. He knows God. He's a faithful person, and he knows what's going on in Nineveh. People there are disgraceful. Their their behaviors are unacceptable, and they're not they're not Jews. They're they're the enemies of the Jews. But he has it within his soul to go there and tell them to straighten up. It would be as nuts as me going in the middle of Palestine right now and telling the leaders of Hamas and Israel, stop, go go your own ways and behave yourselves. And Jonah knew that. Go to Nineveh where bombshells are being cast left and right and arrows are being tossed? You want me to go there and say, behave yourselves? I'm, I'm not going. No, I can't do that. That, He knew he should do it, but he's fighting himself. So he runs. He runs away. You you know, you, you can't run away from God. When God calls you, that's it. And he's not going to call you on a megaphone. He's not going to call you in in a letter, a text, or a voicemail. He's going to call you in your conscience. Let me change that. God calls us in our conscience. We know right and wrong. And we know what we should do at certain times and what we should not do at certain times. Sometimes we have to cover our mouths and not say anything when something's going on. Sometimes we need to stand up and in our country, you know, we have the uh, freedom of voice and a- application of conscience publicly. We can do it. There's a lot of things we're allowed to do, and we need to follow our conscience to use them. And as Christians, we know what our conscience tells us between right and wrong. We're right on the cusp of, of uh, January 22nd, where we, we roe v. Wade. So we know what's right and wrong already. There's plenty of seats. Make yourself at home. Sit, sit anywhere. So Nineveh is a terrible place. Jonah's sent there, and he turns around and runs. Gets on the first boat out of Nineveh, and again, you can't, you can't run away from God. He speaks to us in our hearts and our souls, and with the world around us. Gets on the boat. A great, great storm comes up. Boats going back and forth, and the sailors are praying to all their gods and goddesses. And Nineveh is over there. Um, Jonah is over there in the corner, quiet, not saying anything. So one of the soldiers said to him, uh, why don't you pray to one of your gods? So the storm passes. He's says, no, I, I can't do that. I can't do that. Then they realize he's an Israelite. His God is Yahweh, the nameless one. You know what? His God is the one who's thrown us overboard. Throw him overboard. And they throw Jonah overboard. Now, you, I've, I've seen cartoons of this, in the hysterical of cartoons. They throw him overboard, and a great fish gobbles him up. Now, I'm not saying the name of the fish. Part of this is religious history. So it's not made up. It's not pure myth, but it's religious mythology. It's how the author gets the word across. So he was, he's saying, I'm in the water, I'm drowning, and this great fish swallows me up. Well, maybe, but that's not the idea. That's not the question. That's not the, the problem. I guess they didn't like his flavor. They threw him up. The fish throws him up. Where? Nineveh. Where he did not want to go. Where he's running away. And then he realized, you know, when God speaks to me, i got to listen. Now, for us, don't, talk, don't worry about no, no, he, uh, Jonah, he's out of the picture now. When God speaks to us, and each of us can say, when God speaks to me, I've got to listen. When my conscience is communicated to you by God, and that's who runs your conscience, God puts in our heads right and wrong. I, I don't care if you're a Christian or not. God is a creator, and he puts in the hearts of every person the conscience to know what's right and wrong, no matter what tradition you follow. So what does Jonah do? I guess he's got me, and he starts preaching. And Je- Nineveh was huge. It takes like three days to go across it. So he starts. And I, he say, I, basically, in his head, he's probably saying, I, I know they're going to stone me, they're going to throw me in the water, who knows what they're going to do. They do nothing but repent. They change their behaviors. The people of Nineveh, from the king down to the last animal on the farm, change their behaviors and repent. How they describe that is they put on sackcloth and ashes. Sackcloth is burlap, itchy burlap, and ashes, you sit in a, a dung heap of ashes and you throw them on yourself so you look like a mess, but that's their method of reconciling themselves to God and doing penance. You don't have to do that that now after confession. There's other ways. So God's word gets activated on. Jonah, who did not want to do this, is so provoked by the signs of the times. God never appeared to him and said, are you are going to go in the, 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 the belly of the animal? Uh, he didn't say to the fish, fish, throw him up on, on land. No. The way the signs of the times. And, and I, I, I want to emphasize that phrase because what's going on in certain parts of the world, and maybe even our own city, are the signs of the times. Whether you're in Palestine, Israel, or, or the Ukraine, What are the signs of the times? They ain't good, folks. What's going on in our cities? It ain't good, folks. And that goes for other places where Christians, especially, are being persecuted only because you believe in Christ. That's the signs of the times. So there's a great veil over our creation right now. And the veil is one of challenge, greed, bloodshed, power, and that's a very good description of the signs of the times that we're in. All the more reason we need the good news. All the more reason we need to hear Jesus tell us, Come after me, and I will make you fishers of people. Yeah, he said that to Peter, James, and John. He said to Zebedee's kids. And Zebedee's ki- I mean, could you imagine Zebedee's kids are in the boat? They're taking care of their nets. You have know, to go fishing. You wash the nets and all that before you dry them out on the shore. So he, they're doing that. And Jesus comes along and says, follow me. And Zebedee's left there, and his kids are going off with Jesus. <laughs> I can't imagine what my father would have said if I were helping him fishing. And we did that down on the shore. And a friend came along, and I dropped my father and his net, and, all, and, and even the, the catch, you know, sometimes you have buckets with fish. And I went off with my friends. If you're Italian, you understand what he would have done. It wouldn't have been pretty. So, okay. So, we don't talk about Zebedee because that's not the mission of the story. The mission of the story is Jesus comes on the scene and calls us, all of us, no matter what you're doing. You're part of my my family. You're new apostles. And apostles are people who are sent out, apostolically, sent out to do God's word. See how we have the power to change the face of the earth? How we have the power through prayer and action to change, quote, the signs of the times, to make them signs of love, to make them signs of peace, to make them signs of equality, to make them signs of respect. And the list goes on and on. But you and I, with God, have the power to do that. But we've got to do it. We've got to hear it each day in our, as we, our lives as we hear uh, the, the Twitters or the feeds or the Facebook or whatever, whatever you're listening to, whatever media you're watching, God is speaking to us. Sometimes a little bitter. Sometimes a little challenging. Sometimes we see things as, oh, why do people even look at this? Pray for them. Pray for the garbage that you see online. Pray for the people who are reading it and absorbing it. That's, that's our message from Jesus. That's our task in the 21st century. This is not the 1st century. The gospel of the 1st century, but you and I are part of the 21st century, and there's a different way the devil speaks to us. And it, there's a different way evil creeps into our world. Just the apostles, who are followers of Jesus, we fight it. Not battles of blood, we, we've got enough of that in the world. We fight it by listening to the voice of God. What's the right thing for me to do as a Christian? How can I pick up the pieces of this fallen city slash society? We're not only limited to our city, it's the world that's in trouble. But you and I have the power because we're connected to Jesus Christ and we have the, the challenge and the mission to go out and change the signs of the times to make them reflect what the Creator had in mind. So, you got a choice. Listen to the voice of God speaking to you or not. And if you don't listen to the voice of God, He's going to hound the hell out of you.